we're fine with those rats that climb the trees. It's just this mouse at Imagination Station that's the issue. So. And, and do you know why they're there? Because it's outside. <laughs> <laughs> with all of the animals who are outside. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Absolutely boat race. Wednesday morning, Wisconsin's morning news. Starting at the hour with a look ahead at tonight's GOP presidential primary debate right here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Exciting time for our city and state as we take center stage. We're less than a year out of the Republican National Convention, which is here next summer. Eight candidates will take the stage. Former President Trump, the GOP frontrunner, not among them. So who has a shot to capitalize on his absence tonight and become a viable challenger for the nomination? On the Tri-County Contracting Hotline this morning, we have Senior Elections Analyst from 538.com, Nathaniel Rakich. Nathaniel, I know your time is super valuable today. Everybody wants to talk to you uh, ahead of tonight's debate. Do you have new polling out this morning to take a look at this race? Hey, yes, we do. Um, So we partnered with Ipsos and The Washington Post to poll the same Republican primary voters both before and after the debate, basically to see how much the debate moved the needle, if it does at all. Um, So so today we published the wave of uh, respondents that we got from before the debate, obviously, and then tonight we'll be going back into the field and we'll publish those results afterward. Uh, So far, there are no real surprises uh, in the the data. Obviously, Donald Trump is the front runner. We found that 65% of Republicans are at least considering voting for him. Um, Ron DeSantis is still in second place. 52% of Republicans are considering voting for him. Uh, And then they're followed by Mike Pence, Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, kind of the usual crew. So that's an interesting question you asked, considering voting for, as opposed to who are you locked in. When you ask it that way, it's a closer race, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Um, And I think that that kind of tells you something that the normal kind of head-to-head polls don't show you. Um, It shows that, you know, Ron DeSantis remains fairly well-liked. You know, he's not a lot of Republicans' first choice right now. If you look at other polls that do ask specifically, you know, for people to choose just one of these candidates, He's uh, in around 15 percent, uh, which obviously is, is not nearly as good as 52 percent. Um, but I think it shows that, you know, there is a path for him to um, go forward, um, you know, if he's able to convince people that he is better than Donald Trump. And I think that is going to be his main task tonight. Obviously, Trump not being at the debate could uh, complicate that. But I would expect DeSantis to really try to, um, you know, to capitalize on, on, you know, his absence. How bad do the percentages need to be for a candidate to consider dropping out at this point? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think it's more about money, frankly. Um, you know, candidates that right now, if you have a lot of money, if you have the money to pay your staff and you know fly to places like Iowa and New Hampshire, like you can stay in the race. Like it's not impossible that you know you could maybe have a good debate in October or something like that and kind of catch fire at that point. Or you know, really, the best time to catch fire is in January when people actually start voting, right? Um, but uh, but you know, it, the issue right now is. Is, yeah, it's just money. A lot of these candidates just don't have a ton of cash um, to do those things and to even make it to January. Talking with Nathaniel Rakich, he is Senior Elections Analyst at 538.com. On that point, Nathaniel, so if any of these other contenders really wants a shot at the nomination, provided former President Trump is still in the race, you got to clear the field relatively quickly early in the primary and caucus season. If it's a two- or a three-horse race, that's doable. If you're diluting the anybody but Trump vote among five, six candidates, that's not going to work. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so that's another thing today is I think you're going to see those candidates without Trump on the stage. You know, they're going to attack each other. They're going to try to make the case for why they are the, the main kind of Trump alternative. Um, I think you'll see a lot of people attack DeSantis, uh, try to you know really drag him down. Like I mentioned, he, uh, you know, and when you ask the kind of the question the normal way, he's only at around 15 percent now. That's significantly down from when he was polling in the 30s a few months ago. Um, and so people might say, you know, let's try to finish him off. And, you know, I can be the new kind of Ron DeSantis, the runner up. Um, you also might see people attack Vivek Ramaswamy, who has been kind of surging in the national polls. Um, he's maybe um, the strongest challenger to DeSantis for that number two slot right now. How quickly do you see things move, Nathaniel, as you talked about after this debate tonight, you'll put new polls in the field and then we'll look at those results in the coming days. You know, is it possible for somebody to move considerably coming off of one of these nationally televised debates? Yeah, it's definitely possible. Um, you know, think about Rick Perry, for example, a few years back uh, when he, uh, in a debate, tried to say the three cabinet departments that he would eliminate as president, and he forgot the third one. Um, that was a, obviously a big gap, and it showed a lot of people um, that he wasn't ready for prime time. Um, but, uh, but you know, other times, you know, sometimes, you know, yeah, the debate just doesn't matter. I think it's obviously it'll be valuable to know either way whether this was a game changer or not. Nathaniel Rakich is Senior Elections Analyst at 538.com. I know you're a busy man today. Really appreciate your time ahead of the debate here in Milwaukee tonight. Thanks for having me. Hey, we got some breaking news. Some significant breaking news as it pertains to the debate tonight. This from CNN's Dana Bash. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum was taken to an emergency room yesterday in Milwaukee here after suffering an injury while playing a game of pickup basketball with his staff. So he went to the ER, had played basketball, got injured. Now it's unclear at this point whether or not he'll be able to do the debate tonight. So that's what Dan Abash from CNN is reporting right now, that Doug Burgum may be out, still trying to figure out exactly what that is. Haven't heard exactly what the injury was. Playing basketball yesterday, gets hurt. And now whether or not, exactly she says here, it's unclear whether Burgum will be able to stand for the debate tonight. So maybe you still come and you sit if you twisted an ankle. And connect him with a guy at Orthopedic Associates hey, of Wisconsin. There if you he, go. Easy <laughs> read right there. To, no, in all sincerity, sincerity uh, hope he is okay. And I guess, right, I mean. You give him a seat? You allow, you allow that? And if you're him, do you take that? Do you want to be the one-seated candidate up there? Well, I mean, and that's if that's what it is. We're right. speculating, obviously, on the injury. But she says, unclear if he can stand for the debate. Oof. You got to be there, right? Do they make them stand? I don't know. No. Like I don't know no, that that's a thing that and it's if you're one of the other candidates you don't demand. He has to stand up. <laughs> yeah, no right. one's going to be so like Nobody's going to do no that. No one's and, that heartless. And also of the 8 <laughs> he's not the top 2 or 3 that everybody's got their eyes on. But today was the day for him, right? Yes, like to, it, to make it, that noise. Yeah, if you're going to make any now is the time. 8:18 on Wisconsin's Morning News. day here in Milwaukee and for all the state of Wisconsin as this first Republican primary debate is in Milwaukee tonight at the eyes of the national political world on Wisconsin. We're on all the morning shows today, all the network cable shows. It's cool. They're outside Pfizer. It's not cool, but it's Milwaukee. <laughs> it's hot. Yeah, it's, it's hot. I did mention that to a few of the folks when I did my appearance with uh, Fox News Brett, ba- Brett Bear last night. Editor-in-Chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal, Mark Cast and I were invited to be local panelists on his show, which has been originating outside Pfizer Forum this week, as Brett is one of the moderators for tonight's debate on Fox. So we were brought in to do some local flavor, which yeah. I will bring you in a moment. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, 
talking with folks there, you know, oh, how do you like Milwaukee? Like, I was just interested in how, how do you like Milwaukee? Where have you gone? The the whole Fox News crew went to Bacchus, one of their first nights oh, okay. here for dinner. Good. They raved about it, said it was great. They ate at Mater's last night. <laughs> Mater's, excellent. And Brett said, he goes, I'm German. And that was pretty heavy for me. Like, <laughs> that's how we do, man. Yeah, <laughs> right. right? I'm not so, going to go halfway. That's cool. Everybody enjoying their time. But I did mention to a few of them, like, yeah, you know, it's going to be 100 degrees tomorrow, right? <laughs> They're not looking forward to that. And all of them doing outside stand-ups, yeah. whether on the balconies, in and around, Pfizer. So as I mentioned, the, the Fox team invited our friend Mark Cass of the Business Journal and me to join them for a brief segment Tuesday. Cass was on sort of what it means for the city and state, as we've talked with him so much over the last couple of years. This is a big deal, yep. and then the convention itself is a big deal, right, Mark? It is. I mean, it's a huge deal for us. It's an economic impact of like $180 million. You're talking about a lot of a lot of visitors who are coming here who've never come to Milwaukee before. So it's great for the city, it's great for the region, and it's an international spotlight we haven't had. We almost had it in 2020. We were this close, but obviously COVID took care of that. So to have another chance at it, really, everybody's excited about it. And they, I, mean, I mean, from an economic impact, it can mean a lot to the city. Folks asked, did, did you know what he was going to ask you about? I mean, we knew we were going to talk about Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and then we knew that there would be some political lens that he wanted to look at and analyze as well. But he didn't, like, give us a list of questions. Sure. So it's kind of whatever, whatever came out next. So first question I got was just about how tight this state has been in terms of its electoral politics. It's a purple state, Vince. It is. I mean, you look, Vince, you look at uh, Wisconsin. Cast my turn. Uh, the spread. <laughs> Biden beats Trump. Uh, you know, 49.6 to 48.9. 2016, Clinton, I mean, it's just so tight. It's so tight, and it goes back and forth. You're talking about a state where you'll have 3 million some votes cast, and it's about 60,000 there if you look at 16 and you look at 20. It was uh, President Trump carried the day in 2016. I'll add that the Green Party ran a very effective campaign here, and Jill Stein, as a Green Party candidate, siphoned a lot of votes away from Secretary Clinton at the time. A lot of folks think that she might have gotten our 10 electoral votes had it not been for that. But and uh, again, in 20, then it's Biden by fewer than 30,000 votes. So right, you're talking about 60-some thousand votes. There's no margin. Solid answer there. Yeah, well done. Good? Did I quit myself all right? I think I think you did well. You, my favorite part, though, you haven't played my favorite soundbite yet from part? from the the big interview with you and Cass. I I, I did thought, not do this on purpose. I thought this was an homage to the show. I was very excited and proud and laughed when I heard it. But you actually said something that we bring up on the show all the time. Has dominated the last gubernatorial election, our statewide elected offices at the end of 2022. And then there in we 2023, go. we had a race for state Supreme Court where the liberal candidate in the race absolutely boat raced the conservative. Victorial election, our statewide elected And then Fox added that sound effect, which they had ready. <laughs> I couldn't believe you said that on national TV. You dropped that. Absolutely boat raced. <laughs> This is your fault. <laughs> Are you blaming me for that? Because you're the first person. It was like almost a year ago. We were talking to Tausch about the Badgers. I had never heard the term boat race before. <laughs> and you asked Tausch, Tausch, are the Badgers going to get boat raced this weekend by Ohio State? And I thought that was the funniest thing I ever heard. <laughs> yeah, you casually mentioned it on national TV. Boat raced. <laughs> Fantastic. I wish he would have brought it back around. Like, so when you say boat race, uh, how many boats are we talking about? Right. Who wins the race? I'm just looking Was for Was there him. a water plow as well? Did someone get water plowed in there? See, I want him to throw that in his vocab now. <laughs> yeah. And he's out there analyzing after the debate. Well, I think DeSantis boat raced the field tonight. <laughs> tonight, that's what he drops. That's what I'm And then he starts for. using the sound effect. Absolutely boat raced. 
He did ask. He did ask Cass and me, "What are you looking for out of this thing tonight here in Milwaukee?" Really quickly, what are you guys looking for tomorrow night? Uh, I'm looking for a spotlight on Milwaukee. I'm looking for Milwaukee to look good in the spotlight. I'm looking for a, a, kind of an energetic debate, have fun, and just kind of talk about Milwaukee. And I think voters here are looking for, is there someone here other than former President Trump who can appear presidential, who can appear viable, who can appear like he or she can not only win the nomination, but win the general? Mm -hmm. Chairman, I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Thank guys. <laughs> 829 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Boat race. Absolutely boat raced. Eight thirty-eight on Wisconsin's morning news. They had to close. They, they shut down yep. the park. Yep. The kids can't play here. Immigrant Imagination Station in Oconomowoc shut down today. City telling everybody, "Hey, if you need to go to the park today, got to go to one of the other ones. We got plenty." You just can't come to Imagination Station. Why can't you come there and play well, in the park? for a it's very important reason. That must nope, be it. They nope, closed nope, it because nope. of the heat. Not because of the heat. There's construction in the nope, area. Nope, nope, nope. Construction's fine around there, I'm told. <laughs> no, the reason why they're you just shutting tell us down. Why they closed the park. Imagination Station is shutting down in Oconomowoc because of a mouse sighting. Someone saw a mouse. So they're shutting down the park. Outside? Shutting it down. It's outside. So Imagination Station is located in Roosevelt Park. It's next to the Lake County Trail there in Oconomowoc. The city urging people to use all the other parks. Which also is outside. <laughs> yes. All of the outside is outside. No word of whether or not they're going to shut down the trail. Right. Or the city. <laughs> I mean, we can't have a mouse running around the city. There. So they saw a burrow hole, too, so they want to take care of that. I thought it was interesting. One of the uh, Facebook uh, users who saw this posted, you know, responded to this by saying, hey, I'd rather it be at the park than in my house. <laughs> can, we, can we just keep it there, please? Where do you want the mouse to live? They're going to try to find a different spot for it, apparently. I mean, I get you don't want kids messing with it and all sorts of stuff, but it's not like it's like a nest of raccoons but or some sort of <laughs> rabid animals. It's a mouse. He lives outside. He scurries around. Hey. I wonder how often mice or chipmunks or squirrels are around equipment without us ever even thinking about sure. it. Any park. Name the park. By the way, it, the name the park that has the squirrel destroying stuff in it right now. Right. All of them. Gnawing on the plastic slide <laughs> oh. right now. <laughs> Those things destroy trees all the time. We're, but we're yes. fine with those. We're we're fine with those rats that climb the trees. It's just this mouse at Imagination Station that's the issue. So, and, and do you know why they're there? Because it's outside <laughs> <laughs> with all of the animals who are outside. That's a tough precedent. We're shutting that one down. Eight forty on Wisconsin's Morning News. Eight forty three Wisconsin's morning news, Old National Bank Talk and Text Line is alive this morning. Yeah. <laughs> so got a funny I, crowd this morning. Right, right. All kinds of jokes being texted and we were talking about that uh Oconomowoc, uh park that's being shut down because of a report of a mouse being seen at the park in Oconomowoc. And got a couple of these saying now oh, they'll be shutting down Disneyland next. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Got this one from the 414. There's a large park in Orlando that's open every day that has a mouse in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then also, um, we got this <laughs> unsolicited text jokes that yeah, we're we didn't getting. ask for jokes. This is fantastic. Uh, so we we're telling you the breaking story about Governor Burgum, the uh, the governor, the candidate who's running for president, one of the eight who's supposed to debate today. The North CN Dakota, right? Yeah, North Dakota. CNN reporting that uh, he injured himself playing basketball yesterday in town. Yeah. 
with staff, was doing a pickup game, injured himself, and taken to the ER. So now they're not sure if he's going to be able to stand at the debate. We assume he's still going to be in the debate, but as of now, no word yet from the campaign. And the text line says? Yes. So from the 414, reporter, colon, Governor Burgum, what do you think of the Milwaukee debate? The governor's response? I can't stand it. There it is. There it goes. Okay. <laughs> Keep them coming. 855-616-1620. It's so hot. Is the old National Bank it? talk and text line this morning. I'm running out of time for this, and I have, I have to Harry have just texted in. He just saw a bird, so we got to close the park. Shut it out. <laughs> Stop. Turn it off. I have to have this. Okay, this go is, ahead. This is a story that's perfect for our show, because we've talked about this before. Yep, yep. This was on you. You're the one that brought this to everyone's attention. Why won't she give up the documents? I love this story because the more our Office of State Secretary Stonewalls, the more the narrative that the fix was in perpetuates. A conservative group is suing to get documents released in an open records request placed with the Secretary of State Sarah Godlewski's office. On the surface, kind of a yawner, right? What? (laughs) Okay. Somebody asked for records. Somebody is late in responding. But it's a super sexy story. It indicates sometimes things are a coincidence, but sometimes they may be exactly what they look like. They are who we thought they were. Talked about this months ago when our guy Doug LaFossil. Two years. Doug LaFollette had been Secretary of State in Wisconsin for 40 years straight and had just won at 82 years old another four-year term. So Doug LaFollette, whose greatest accomplishment in that four decades was getting a plaque installed on a bust in the capital of his distant relative, fighting Bob LaFollette. And it was a long process, two years it took to achieve this, because we had to do it with a committee. (laughs) He's not wrong. Two years to figure that out. That's true. I'm on his side on that one. Like, (laughs) why did this take two years? But he had plenty of time to do it because that office has virtually no constitutional duties. They moved the office to the basement of the Capitol years ago. He's bellyached about that, having no staff, but he also doesn't really have much to do. But LaFollette resigned. He resigned in March. This was his quote. After many years of frustration, I've decided that I don't want to spend the next three and a half years trying to run an office without adequate resources and staffing levels. Okay, but all things he knew when he decided to run in 2022. All things he knew when he won in fall of 2022, but still decided to take office, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what changed? Everything he cited there is stuff that has bothered him for years. So why'd you run again? It wasn't some sort of epiphany. Two years. Some folks started connecting the dots, and this is where the compelling narrative takes place. They are who we thought they were. LaFossil either never wanted to run or didn't want to quit, but either way, state Democrats had somebody else lined up for the job. And I'm, I'm not the only one who was suspicious about this. We did talk about it on the show back in March when it was immediately announced by Governor Tony Evers that former state treasurer Sarah Godlewski would be appointed to fill this suddenly open position. Godlewski, you'll recall, was the state treasurer, wanted to be a U.S. senator, was trying to unseat Senator Ron Johnson on the Democratic side. Just before the Democratic primary in that race last fall, the Dems start clearing the field for their preferred candidate, then Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes, right? So everybody dropped out. Yep, Remember yep. that? It was like within days. Which surprised everybody. Yes. No one saw that quick dropout from everyone. So we're only two weeks out. Yeah. At that point, it's like the, you don't have to spend a lot more money. The, well, why mm-hmm. are you dropping He out? was the front runner, though. Late July, a couple weeks before the primary, out of Gamey County executive running in the race, he drops out. Alex Lazary from the Bucks. He was running number two in the polls. He drops out. That happened on July 27th. He made that announcement. And on that day, Godlewski's still in, all in. 
Quote from her, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel told Madison reporters on Wednesday that she plans to stay in the race through August 9th, which was the primary date. Quote, I'm not changing. There's nothing new here, Godlewski said. To me, it's always been about beating Ron Johnson, who's the best candidate to do that. That's why I'm in the race. Okay. Two days later, 48 hours, Godlewski, news conference, Mandela Barnes at her side. I am a tell-it-how-it-is person, and I take a very common-sense approach. And I know that right now what we have to do is we have to get behind Mandela Barnes to defeat Ron Johnson. Okay, what changed? Folks can change their minds, right? You can reassess. You go, you know, I went back, I talked to my family, or I talked to, you know, we looked at our finance, mm-hmm. we looked at it. But 48 hours from, hell no, I'm in. I'm, we'll see this thing through. And a lot of people believe that she was a strong candidate, too. In fact, I, I think the one place that the Democrats miscalculated in that election cycle of 2022 was that. They picked the wrong person. But her position was, you know, I'm I'm in it. I know that right now what we have to do is we have to get behind Mandela Barnes. What happened in those 48 hours in between from I'm all in, I'm seeing this through the primary to, hey, we got to get behind Mandela Barnes. What's this all got to do also with what I told you about at the stop, this lawsuit over documents? I'm getting there. They are who we thought they were. Appeared to some as though Godlewski must well have been told it is not your turn. However... We got a plan for you, as they should. She's a rising star in the party in the state. I think I personally like her. I think she stands out, no question. And I definitely think had she gotten that nomination, it would have been a tighter race even with Senator Ron Johnson. She might have been the person who could have beaten him. But Ola Fossil, here's what they told her maybe. Ola Fossil, he's going to run and he's going to win. And when he does, he's going to quit. And when he quits, that's your job. So trust us. Drop out. Barnes wins for Senate, which, again, as I said, was a miscalculation on their part. and Maybe the only one in that last election cycle. You get a state office, a job with nothing to do. You can mess around with election stuff or whatever you feel like you want to stick your nose into. You can fundraise. You can do all of that stuff. Use that as a platform to run for whatever office comes up next that meets your fancy in the next several years. Maybe, Governor? In theory, that makes sense. However, they are who we thought they there were. was nothing to suggest for sure that LaFollette was going to win. Well, other than Again. that's all he's ever done. Well, right. <laughs> right. But you know what I mean? Right. Like, so you're, you're. It wasn't a for sure. Right. So then she would have dropped out with the expectation and assumption that he was going to win yes. a, a race that was actually pretty tight, right? For Secretary of State. And there's no proof, right? There's nothing to prove. Who knows what yes. was said? Who knows yes. what was and in anyone's why, heart? Yeah. To the earlier point, those who are suspicious among them, the Institute for Reforming Government. This is a conservative Wisconsin-based policy group. They're working with Will, Wisconsin Institute of Law and Liberty, and they filed an open records request with Godlewski's office on the day she was appointed. The Associated Press reporting they are looking for copies of all correspondence LaFollette had sent to Evers, Godlewski, and Deputy Secretaries of State in the year before he resigned. So they're looking for that proof. Was there anything here in emails or correspondence between these that suggested that this was planned on the front end? So other than embarrassing, if there were, what does that mean? Anything? I don't think it means anything legally. I mean, that's politics, right? And I don't even know if I discredit them for doing it necessarily, but people want to know, is was this in and... You had an office where the term is four years. Did you disingenuously run a candidate whom you knew was going to quit, and then you, therefore, the governor, get an opportunity to appoint that position instead of really leaving that to the voters to decide? And that was a tight race, remember? It was very tight. 
There yeah. was a Republican in the race, I can't remember the name, but was, was very close mm-hmm. to unseating him. If you knew he wasn't going to serve, that flips that race for sure. And you have somebody totally different in that statewide constitutional office. But that, perhaps that's why he ran. Is because he knew that he didn't want to be around for four more years and wanted to retire, but he believed that at right. this point, because we all know, I mean, the, the election stuff was big. A lot of discussion about changing things, changing titles, throwing stuff around, making that role different. Maybe he ran to protect the position, and then it turned out to be... Also very possible. Both could even be true. Yeah, right. Either way, they're trying to find out. This conservative group is trying to find out, and they put in a series of open record requests that have yet months later, almost half a year later, have not been fulfilled. And they're accusing Godlewski's office of stonewalling them and violating the law by not releasing these documents to which they are entitled. So that case has been filed. It's a lawsuit. They're also seeking damages of 100 bucks. <laughs> but this stuff is not hard to produce. You do a quick search and you know, go ahead, do an email search in your own email. How do I find emails from Eric Bilstead and Greg Pancake Hill? Put it on a disc, bing, bing, bing. They're looking at the documents. So why is it taking all of these months? They are who we thought they were. Is that why? Illegal? Perhaps not, as we suggested. Smoking gun, they're looking for it. Two years. 8.54 on Wisconsin's Morning News. WTMJ forecast sponsored by Dave Drake Camp Heating, where your comfort is their family's tradition. What's the weather like out there? It's hot. Damn hot. Real hot. 100 degrees hot. That's your high temperature for today. Heat index up to 115, mainly clear tonight, low down to 73. One more hot, one hot and humid on uh, Thursday. High of 92 degrees, could feel like 95 to over 100, and then we cool off for Friday with a lakeside high of 80, 85, your high temperature inland on Friday. So we have all of these people doing all of these stand-ups, reporters, news anchors, nationally, locally, all in Deer District and around Milwaukee, showing Milwaukee looking great for the GOP presidential primary debate tonight, and it's 1,000 degrees outside. (laughs) What? What? Is it hot? I mean, they're going to be glistening. I should set up a deodorant pop-up sales tent. Somewhere. Man, Just I'll to you, capitalize like, on that stuff. Misting tents. Ooh. There's nothing worse, like, you know, for these folks that are on this big national stage and you want to look nice and it's the debate, and so you're going to have a lot of people out there in suits and dress clothes and whatnot, and that's not a comfortable place to be. Shiny Makeup faces. melting. Right? Your makeup's yeah. melting. There's only all so much powdering of your nose you can do when you're a woman, then your mascara starts it, to give right? you the raccoon eyes. Yeah, it's and, and this isn't one of those. Wilting. Usually when you are you see the reporters out for stories like today, like Marquette Move-In Day, which is today, by it the way. It is today. They get to wear just, you know, you know their standard polos or whatever. Team colors, right. But yeah, for a presidential primary debate, right. you got to wear the suit, you got to wear the nice dress, you, you got to wear... You don't want to give in and wear the baseball cap. No, you yeah. You know, with the logo on it. But you got to look nice. Got to do what you can. Shout out to the makeup artists of the world. <laughs> oh, my goodness. They're going to earn their money today. You guys no look doubt. good last night. Thanks, man. Yeah, very, very professional. Not that I'm surprised by it. You look very nice. Did you hear what Vince said last night? Did you hear the homage <laughs> he gave? It, play it. All right, I'll bring it here. So this is during the actual nationally televised interview. Vetrano says this. Territorial election, our statewide elected offices at the end of 2022. And then in 2023, we had a race for state Supreme Wait Court where the liberal candidate in the race absolutely boat raced the conservatives. I told you, it's his fault. I'd never heard that term before he used it. Now it's in my vocabulary. It's your brand now. It's your brand. Set it on the air. Absolutely boat race. (laughs) Hey, it's not a lie. 